Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our Moxie on. Hey, Christina, another great hey, show girl, hey. today as we are, um, this is our first official recording since we passed our one year mark. So woohoo! seems exciting yes. that we're in, into year two now. And now this may not play in that order, but it's the first day where, so we're still kind of on this one year, 10,000 downloads high. So I'm we feeling are, good. I'm are. feeling good. So another exciting guest today that's going to help mm-hmm. us be better, look better, feel better with some feel better newer technology that I've been hearing about and thought, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you see it on TV, mm-hmm. you see the oh, housewives doing these kind I know. of things. You, you think, and then Christine is snake too, oil. No. <laughs> you are easily persuaded. Let's just say that. I've had to I've had to pull my eightness. Uh and but girl uh, really has some credentials. Girl has yeah, some credentials. Yeah, so she does. Tell us about our guest today. Absolutely. Well, her name is Allie Johnston, and she has become a fast friend. Uh and and I absolutely adore her. Um, but you know, she has some credentials, not just that she's a friend, but she has credentials to back up you know, all the things that we're going to be talking about today. And Allie Johnston is a board-certified nurse practitioner in primary care and weight loss management. Woo! Get excited. Uh, (laughs) Because we have some people in our community that are looking for uh, answers. And so, Allie, welcome to Midlife thank Moxie. You. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I'm I'm so excited. So what we want to know is just give us a little history or background of, you know, what got you into becoming a nurse practitioner and, you know, really uh, narrowing your niche into weight loss management, IV treatments, things of that nature. You know, what what really propelled you in that direction? Okay. Um, so uh, like Christina said, I am a board certified family nurse practitioner. Um, I knew that I wanted to be a nurse by the time that I was 14. Um, I, I grew up with uh, parents that were always motivating me to do what I want to do. Um, but my parents had a lot of health problems. So through like, you know, early childhood into my teen years, I, I saw all the health challenges that they struggled with. And I thought, man, like life can be better than this. Um, and, and both of my parents have still to this day, a lot of health issues. And so, um, I, I just wanted to treat people, family, you know, friends, um, of course, patients that I know that they can feel better. So, um, I actually started college early. I started college at 16. Um, I graduated with my RN at 21 and, uh, got my master's in family medicine at 27. And I started, working when I was 29. So I was um, working at, you know, the bedside for several years. Um, I've worked in surgery, radiology, critical care. 
Um, and then when I got my master's, I was working actually in corporate nursing and doing nurse education. And I was looking for like the perfect nurse practitioner job. Um, and the first job that I found, um, really it, it did, like you're using the word propelled, propelled me into like the direction that I am now. So, um, it was primary care, but I worked with a physician that, um, had been doing weight management for 20 plus years. And so he kind of trained me on the medications, um, you know, the, the supplements that we use for weight management. Um, but that was just kind of scratching the surface. Like, and that was three and a half years ago. So, um, since then I have formed my own business and I'm a private practitioner. I don't have any staff right now, so um, it's just me, but I um, love to help people um, get healthy, not just here's a pill, here's a shot, but um, to really understand why they are struggling with their health concerns, whether mm. it's, you know, not weight management related um, or if it is. So I like to, um, you know, make the picture very clear for the patient and say, okay, you have, you know, these disease processes, how can we get you from here to here? Um, and feel your best along the way. So, well, and well, I want to start here too for people who don't know. Nurse practitioner is just one step below MD. Just and mm-hmm. they can practice on yeah. their own. Um, there's some limitations on what they can do, but it's the next. It's the next closest thing to being a doctor. So, um, mm-hmm. this gal is well qualified. And you mentioned injections and. That's kind of what we want to talk about the most today. This new thing of injections, IVs. I'm like, IVs, what the living, like, I've only been given IVs when I was super sick. So this idea of IVs Mm -hmm. for wellness is totally new to me. Now, Mm -hmm. Christina, you've dabbled Mm -hmm. in this territory, right? I have, I have. And uh, I actually really enjoyed uh, the, the shots I got. You really enjoy being stabbed with needles. I must hear more. (laughs) Well, I, I, I have, um, and I can share this because it's my, my health stuff. And I have a, um, weird mutation in my blood when it comes to processing vitamin B. And so, you know, I have to do certain things and, and I get very low in vitamin D and, um, Allie can probably speak to this more, but majority of people are very low in, in vitamin D. And, um, I just said, just stick me in my arm, give it to me, make me better. (laughs) And then, um, I was lacking in energy and focus and just things that I just needed to, I don't even know how to even explain it. I just know that my body needed something. I can explain it. Something. Christina likes a quick <laughs> fix. That's how I can explain it. <laughs> I mean, Christina, that's, if she wakes up in the morning and is dehydrated from the Asian food chain the night before, she thinks she needs some super hydro I mean, this is just Christina. But I have heard about so these types so of treatments of mm-hmm. injectables and infusions and IVs for a lot of yeah. things, both wellness and as, you know, helping us with illness. So, Allie, why is this a rage? Why are people undergoing these treatments? Why are those different than pills? Tell us all the things and how you got here. All the things. Okay. Yeah. So, um, 
years ago when I first started as a nurse. Um, okay, so my first le- less than a year, I worked in ICU. So like critical care, the sickest of the sickest patients, of course, we're infusing basically everything via IV. And I learned how to, you know, make cocktails for IV infusion when I was 21 years old. So um, I never thought about putting it into a business until seven, eight plus years later. So um, but it's taken a few years to like, you know, get this rolling. So um, there's been lots of jobs that I've done that has added on to my education for IV infusions. Um, and it's really just made me understand it more. But as far as why it's beneficial versus a supplement that you put under your tongue or you swallow a pill, um, we absorb vitamins very quickly or anything that goes in an intravenous route. So when someone puts in an IV, um, you know, into the vein, we're getting it like this. So it's, it's right away. Um, our absorption, um, for certain vitamins are going to be within 30 seconds to a minute, um, some less for some vitamins and drugs. Um, there are certain vitamins out there that are better absorbed. And when I say better, um, like more long lasting when you take it in a pill, um, typically those are going to be like iron, vitamin C, and you can take iron and vitamin C for them to potentiate each other or for them to work better. And that's just, you know, one example, there's other vitamins too. Um, but there are some, like Christina was saying, and you know, if she has um, something that's called um, the MS, MTHFR gene, it's um, a methylation gene. And actually more and more people oh, this are, is a are real getting thing? this gene mutation. Yeah, This is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you can get tested for it. So, I mean, a a lot of doctors, unfortunately, um, in the insurance-based setting are not testing for these, like, you know, they call them outlandish, you know, labs, like, oh, like, our insurance is not going to cover that. Um, But if you wanted to know, like, your doctor or a naturopath or or someone or somebody like me could order that lab, and you would essentially just get a blood draw, and it would tell you if you have a methylation gene um, mutation. And if that's the case, um, a lot of the vitamins you buy, you know, from Amazon, Costco, over the counter, wherever you buy them, um, you take them in a pill, you basically pee them out. So a good naturopath friend of mine always says, like, you just have really expensive pee. You know, you're, you're paying 10, <laughs> 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks for a bottle of vitamins or more, and you're just dumping them out because the genes in our body, our DNA, is actually not able to process them process them. So the best way to get them is in an intramuscular injection or an IV injection or a methylated form of an oral pill, which means it's got that methylation process in the the capsule or the tablet and our genes can actually absorb them. But if it's just what I call a cheap form of the vitamin um, and common methylated drugs are B12, um, folic acid, otherwise known as folate, um, and these vitamins are necessary for our uh, human development, um, you know, functioning red blood cell production and therefore energy production. So if we don't have these, um, we're going to feel foggy and tired and fatigued. That's like, like that's a normal feeling for a lot of people. And they're like, oh, I don't feel good. Well, let's figure out why you don't feel good. And so for Christina, we thankfully know, um, even though it's a gene mutation, we can work with that, right? We yeah. can order methylated products so it can help her to absorb that vitamin. Yeah. Yeah. I know Gail's over here like, I've got questions. (laughs) (laughs) I I figured she was just something else she had diagnosed herself with, but okay. 
So we have a confirmed no. diagnosis from a medical professional. This comes. <laughs> and, you know, exactly. you do wonder because I thought that these infusions and stuff was just kind of to make people feel better, give them a little energy. You know, maybe I mm-hmm. drank too much mm-hmm. last night and I need to feel better. And I'm sure they can do those things. There is a bag for that. There, there is <laughs> yeah hydration, um, B12 boost for energy and things like that. But you're saying that there are a lot of us that are walking around here not realizing our deficiencies. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes. So thanks for bringing that up. So um, in primary care, if you're not a private practitioner and you're accepting patients that take uh, or have, I'm sorry, have commercial or Medicare insurance and you're in a clinic setting governed by basically those insurance companies, um, because they're paying the clinics to see these patients, um, you're very limited in what you can test for. Um, and what I mean is, you know, as a nurse practitioner, and, and depending on the state, I'm in California, but um, some clinics and doctors that you work for are like, no, absolutely do not order, you know, X, Y, and Z tests because the insurance company will not pay for them. So, um, you know, a lot of clinics who do accept those kind of labs, um, they're paying for it for them, you know, for the patient, the patient's not actually receiving a bill. But as you probably know, um, I'm sure you've probably received, a, you know, a bill for labs, um, you know, in, in your lifetime. So, um, but if somebody really wants to get to the bottom of what's going on with them, um, you know, there's a slew of labs that can tell you, you know, if like, like Christina did, like a, a methylation issue or, you know, just where we are with vitamins, um, glucose. Okay. Well, I mean, there's stop such right a long there. list of labs. Gotta ask you. Okay, so Sorry. <laughs> Gail is sitting out here thinking, well, what might be wrong with me? So I think, you know, part of the problem is... <laughs> she, she She's going to need somebody. I'm going to need you to fly over and infuse me with something. But I'm, I'm sitting yeah. here thinking, and I worked in medical many years ago for about 10 years. I know what you say are true, that even though doctors make the decisions, they make decisions based on what insurance is going to pay for. Yeah. And yeah, right. you can have the other stuff, but you're going to pay for it. So it doesn't happen. So mm-hmm. where can people get these kinds of tests that give them better looks mm-hmm. at their metabolic makeup? And what should they ask for? I think that's one of the biggest problems we have with a mm-hmm. lot of things, including menopause and midlife and health is mm-hmm. we don't even know what questions to ask. We go in and let them give us right. answers, but there's more questions to be asked and you've got to be educated to a certain point to even know what to ask. And all of us don't have nurse right. practitioners as children. <laughs> My right. children are autistic yeah, so... sorts, so they're no help in this area. <laughs> so, you know, if you go into your general doctor, I mean, doctors, even nurse practitioners, they're excellent. Like they're going to be the expert in, in health, but unfortunately they're not going to be expert in, in real deep wellness. Um, so to answer your question as far as like where to go or who to go to, if it's the patient or you are willing to pay, um, number one, I would say go to a functional medicine provider and it can be a practitioner or a doctor. Um, number two, um, if you either can't afford or don't have one in your area, go to a naturopathic doctor and they're abbreviated ND. Um, and, and just to put it out there, a lot of naturopathic doctors are not actual doctors. They go to a naturopathic schooling and they learn functional and naturopath medicine. Um, and they cannot prescribe. They can order tests. They can order labs. They can order supplements, but they cannot prescribe, um, 
any kind of controlled medication in the United States. So like I work with the naturopath doctors who refer to me so I can prescribe for the patient. So they're seeing a naturopath and then they're coming to me for prescription drugs. And what about a um, functional so medicine provider? Be, are those doctors or those MPs? Are they through another school of accreditation? So 99% of the time, yes, they are a doctor, like an MD or a DO. I know lots of MPs who are functional medicine providers um, and they're scattered across the country. Um, you know, what functional medicine and naturopathy is a bad rap because they um, are stepping outside of the uh, evidence-based box. Um, but there's actually lots of evidence base um, on what functional medicine is. Um, so, so yes, to, to go back to answer your question, yes, they're medical providers, but they get educated um, maybe with a certification or just through their own practice of many years where they're like, hey, like traditional Western medicine is not doing it for my patients. You know, so I want to kind of go out of that cookie cutter and say, okay, what can we do to make the patient feel good? And so I kind of dabble a little bit in functional medicine. My training is in primary care, which is Western-based medicine, but I want my patient to actually feel well, and you can't do that in a cookie cutter setting. So that's why I decided to become a private practitioner. I love that. Well, you know, that's... Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I really um, love about Allie is that she is more of a concierge medicine and she is able to give you what you need and she takes time to listen. And I I think that's probably true with all private practice, um, you know, nurse practitioners, because we have another friend to the show, uh, Rachel, um, who who does that in women's health. And what we have found is that they're able to take more time. And they're able to dive deeper into what's really going on instead of, you know, masking the problem. They're able to say, okay, wait, let's un uh, uncover what the root problem is, get that fixed, and then everything else kind of stems out of that. Um, I really... Can we talk about that a little bit more? I really because love I this. think there's a lot of confusion yeah. between yeah. doctors of osteopathy, naturopaths, functional medicine providers. And I personally believe the answer is a combination of Western medicine and these mm -hmm. new modalities. That's just my opinion. I don't throw Western medicine under the bus. It saves a lot of lives. It cures a lot of infections. But I don't find Western medicine to be all that interested in general wellness and well-being. Right. They, it, it's a uh -huh. form of treatment that exists to solve problems and ease pain and disease. And we have to acknowledge that for what it is, and it's good for that to an extent. So when we look at these uh -huh. others, a lot of people see snake oil salesmen, you know, we think it's hokey, we think. <laughs> and then when you look at cost, um, there was a naturopath here that some friends had their daughter seeing for all kind of allergies and stuff, but it was a $300 a visit. So are these things becoming more affordable? Is insurance starting to cover any of these? How do you vet these people properly versus, you know, we go into Western medicine, we look for that board certification. Right. Tell us all the things about finding one of these practitioners. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, number one, I would say um, whether they're a naturopath or they are a functional medicine, whether it's a nurse practitioner or an MD or DO. Um, and when I say MD, I mean a medical doctor that went to medical 
training or DO is a doctor of osteopathy. They go to a, an osteopathic training. They're both doctors. Um, and the, the number one thing I would look for for any provider is that they're board certified, whether they're board certified in naturopath, they're board certified okay, in their So we do have those so like, same measurements. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm board certified in family care. And that's why I say pr- primary care, because I can treat, you know, babies up until death. Um, and that's what I went to school for. And I took a big, long exam and passed it. Um, and I have to continue education every two to five years and basically recertify every five years. Doctors recertify every 10 years, depending on their training. Um, most doctors are an MD or a DO have to get recertified every 10 years. So we are, we are tested and we're in, we have to do continuing education all the time. Naturopaths, I'm not sure about their um, continuing education, but you can still find a naturopath that is board certified in what they do or um, uh, just a certification process because anybody can say, I want to be a naturopath provider. Um, mm. They have no, no education. So you have to ask and dig and say, Hey, what, what are you certified in? Um, like I'll, I'll be honest and tell you, I am not certified in functional medicine. I am not certified as a naturopath because I'm a primary care nurse practitioner. Um, I, I could get certified in functional medicine if I wanted to. Um, and I would just pay for a course, you know, do it and and pass a test. So, um, so number one, do that. Um, you know, of course, Google is at our fingertips. We can, you know, go online and search in our area and our zip code. Um, you can find naturopathic providers all over the country. You do not have to be in the same state. Um, but to get prescriptions, you should be in the same state. Yeah. Um, but a lot, a lot of naturopathic doctors, um, and functional medicine doctors, they're avoiding medical prescriptions because a lot of drugs are like, like Christina said, masking those symptoms of what we're experiencing. And, um, prescription drugs um, are not always the answer, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. sometimes they, they are and they can help us through a period or maybe even our whole life. But, um, you know, I, I don't prescribe to every single one of my patients. A lot of my patients I recommend over-the-counter things or like injection supplements. Um, and, and that's just, you know, my practice. Wow. Yeah, Gail is, is sitting there just mesmerized. The motor's by, running. Oh okay, my, so yes, it is. I see it. We know where we're going. So once we get an appointment, we walk in the door. Do we need to walk in and know what tests to ask for? Or are these types of providers oh, yeah. going to be more open to telling us about these alternative tests? Does it need to come like from us they... or are they going to help us with this process? Yeah. I, I feel like too, maybe are, are, you know, as they consult, are they putting together a picture so that they have a better understanding? Cause I feel like that happens and then they know what kind of tests to order. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. So that's just a piggyback off of what Gail's asking. Yeah, so I I didn't answer this earlier. I'm sorry. So, um, you know, as I'll start with, you know, primary care Western medicine that, you know, whether you're a doctor or a nurse practitioner, someone comes in, they have a complaint or complaints, like it's like a list, you know, and they come and see you and they're like, oh, this is what this sounds like. I'm going to order these labs and I'll see you back in a week or two to go over them um, and then address, you know, disease processes like hypertension, cholesterol, diabetes, so on and so forth. Um, and it's very, like I call it cookie cutter. Like, it's a flow you know, chart in this, my mind. If yeah. the answer to yes. this is it's yes, then this. If it's no, then we go over here. And then if it's yes, then if it's no. And it makes sense. It's really, there's not anything innately wrong with that process. I want to be clear about that. No. But that process is also right. not the end all. 
Correct. So, so to kind of, um, you know, not mirror that, but, you know, in a different um, setting, if someone's seeing a naturopathic or functional medicine provider, um, you don't have to know necessarily what to ask for, but they're going to take a deeper dive um, into symptoms. So if someone comes into a Western medicine provider, and this is not all providers. I don't, I don't want anyone to, listening to this thinking that like, oh, all Western medicine doctors do this, mm-hmm. this, and this, because that's not the case. Um, but typically someone comes in, they're like, oh my gosh, like I have a headache and um, I just don't understand why I've tried to drink water and I still feel like garbage. Well, we checked their blood pressure and it's, you know, super high. And so we need to address the blood pressure with a drug and we check labs to make sure it's not damaging major organs like the kidneys specifically. Um, but in functional medicine, someone may say, okay, you, you're having a headache and then we're hypertensive or high blood pressure. Um, why are you hypertensive? Why are you having that headache? And there are way more labs um, and alternatives to medications, prescription medications that we can get to the root cause um, of why that patient is experiencing these symptoms and therefore have a diagnosis of hypertension. And this is just one, you know, disease process. There are so many things functional medicine providers can get complaints of. And it could be a lot of complaints. Someone could be saying, oh, my gosh, I'm having hot flashes, but I'm not in menopause yet. Mm. You know, what's going on with me? So, um, you know, I treat predominantly women. Yes, I have male patients, but my population is women, you know, in the 30s to 70s range. So, you know, that midlife group of women are coming to me saying, I feel like this. Why? Like, no, why I'm am I feeling garbage. this way? So, I feel like a sweaty yeah, garbage. Like, I, I, I have to, I'm like sludging through Hormones, every day. I'm tired. Yeah. So, so I, me personally, like, I mean, my passion is, um, just to put it very broadly, like vascular disease that's caused from high glucose and high blood pressure, but those things also in women can mimic hormonal issues. So I'm learning more and more about hormones. Um, and that's going to be like my next, um, like driver of my education, I want to learn more because I want to be able to treat my patients. So to go back to, to your question about like, do patients need to know like what to ask for? Not necessarily if you're going to someone who really cares and is passionate. Yeah. Um, like if someone comes to me and they're like, hey, I have X, Y, and Z symptoms, like what's going on with me? I'm going to recommend more labs um, and more lifestyle modifications than a general Western practitioner or provider will offer. So um and I'm not saying, you know, I can cure everything and fix everything, but I want to listen to that patient and say, okay, you feel like this, you want to be, you know, here way better. Um, let's come up with a plan to get you there. A lot of Western medicine providers are not um, necessarily even trained in that, and they don't have the time to sit with mm-hmm. a patient. Like a lot of my colleagues that do um, naturopath or functional, they're with a patient for a minimum of an hour, hour. every visit. And I think yeah. the yeah. average doctor well, visit is 15 minutes, right? Yeah, 15 minutes. Well, or less. Le- yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Allie, because you're here in California and, you know, we're, we're talking about what questions to ask. And, you know, uh, we have people everywhere, not just in California, you know. Right. So can, you know, nurse practitioners practice everywhere? Are they only licensed in, in that particular state? If they're looking for somebody like this, where would they go? Um, what's the, what's their steps in, in order to, um, 
to find find this? Like, are there referrals from your regular doctor? Like, because I don't know, and and you can you can speak on this better than I can, but I don't know if you know your primary care doctor would refer to you know a concierge medicine or you know a naturopath. I mean, I, I just don't know. I don't know how this works. So so tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah. So um, any doctor that I know in the primary care setting. I would say 99% of them would first not know of referrals out there for naturopath or, or functional medicine. And if they did, they would give you a big X of like, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Like you can always go, you know, Google to your heart's content. Um, but me, I know that there are excellent practitioners out there. And when I say out there, they're all over the world, but of course we're going to focus here in the U S where you know, if you wanted to find somebody um, and you know somebody in medicine, you could ask them if they have a, like a referral. Like I have referrals in this local area. Like um, and, and if it was in another state, I'm a part of groups like on Facebook that um, of like entrepreneur nurse practitioners that we self-refer all the time. Like people will post on there like, hey, I have this patient with this issue. Um, you know, they've tried this with their doctor, like anywhere out there in the country, is there anybody that can help me? And 99% of the time they're like, yeah, like send them to this provider. And so to go back to your question about, you know, can a nurse practitioner or doctor see patients in other states? Um, you can coach patients anywhere, you know, throughout the world, but I'm licensed in California. Um, I have been nurse licensed in other states. I used to have eight state licenses. Um, and nurse licenses, licensing is a whole nother conversation to have. But um, if I wanted to treat patients in another state, I would have to be licensed in that state. So if somebody in Nevada came to me and said, hey, can you treat me as a patient and prescribe to me, I would have to tell them no um, until I got that license. And it's not cheap. It's not mm -hmm. easy. And it takes some time to get. Um, but I could refer them to a provider that I know if I know a provider in their area. Or your, or your hometown in Georgia where you and Gail share a commonality over here. Cause, uh... <laughs> I'm a Georgia girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll, let me um, – so, yes, I lived in Georgia a long time. I'm originally from Ohio, but I went to school in Alabama. And then I lived in Georgia, which was my last home prior to California. And I miss Georgia. I love it there so much. Um I think eventually I'll probably move back to Alabama or Georgia when I'm older, but um, yeah, like I, I have, I have colleagues, <laughs> I have colleagues all over the country um, because I've lived in a lot of places um, and I, you know, could make a recommendation uh, based off someone's symptoms to providers that I know, um, you know, and, and we don't pay each other for referrals. Like we just have, you know, contacts in our list and we want our patients to have the best help. Like, you know, somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, I'm in Ohio, which is where I'm originally from. I know people that I could say, okay, what is your what are your symptoms? Um, what are you wanting to achieve? And then let me think about it and I'll get back to you and make the connection. Because, you know, there there's a lot of patients out there, men and women alike, that are dying for help. Literally, like their their body is dying as, you know, we go day to day and they're not getting the help from their primary care providers or their general practitioners because these people are not trained to dive deep. Mm, and, and honestly, it's, it's a personal choice. Like if, if a provider like me, like I was trained in traditional Western medicine, um, I saw in my patient population how people were hurting. Mm. And I was like, there's a better way. Just like with my parents, when I saw them as a child and I said to myself, like, not my patient, my patient is going to get the best care. Yeah. And that's a personal choice that I've made. 
Mm. So, um, you know, if, if you want to find a provider that's, you know, functional medicine or a naturopath, um, and, and you don't know where to start, of course, like I said, you know, go on Google, um, look for board certification, ask your friends. Like a lot of people go to naturopaths and you never know, like you would never know that they're getting help from somebody that's really detailed. Um, I mean, Christina and I are friends and she, I came over to her house one day to give her her IV and she was like, oh, um, I just went to my naturopath and I got all my lab results. I was like, perfect. <laughs> Let's look at them, you know? So, um, so yeah, ask, ask people that you trust, um, you know, family, friends. Um, and then if, if you still are not getting where you need, um, you can even reach out to me on Facebook and I could find a referral process for you. You know, there, there's, there's providers all over that do what I do that are, concierge medicine, um, functional medicine, and, and they want to help their patients, even if they're not getting paid for it. They want somebody to help them. Mm, okay. I love that. Well, let's take a quick break, and then I want to get into what some of this help looks like. So we'll be right back. If you walked around on pool decks and in the sand all summer, wearing those cute little sandals and going barefoot, then your feet may look like mine and they may need a little love and care. In comes Sandbar Hand Care. This is a special foot file that will get rid of those calluses on those feet and leave them feeling smooth. So if you're crawling into bed at night and the heels of those feet are catching on the sheets, go order yours now. This metal file gently buffs away that dead skin. It removes just enough to really make a difference but not leave your feet sore. And it even comes with a salve to apply after you've gotten rid of that dead skin. I'm already thinking of who I'm getting this for Christmas. They sent us one to try and I fell in love immediately. And mine's even pink. How could you go wrong here? So ladies, head over to sandbarhandcare.com. That's sandbarhandcare.com. And use the code MOXIE15 and you'll get a discount on your order. And all those gifts that you pick up for the holidays. Now back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Midlife Moxie, and we're here with Allie Johnston. She's a board-certified nurse practitioner, and she is working in a space that we found intriguing with all of these injections and IVs and home visits and concierge medicine, and we thought you would want to know more about this field. So, Allie, let's get into what you can offer patients with these injectables, IV infusions. And from what I understand about your practice, you go out to the patient's home. Yeah. So um, I traditionally was in a clinic setting um, working for a doctor. And when I started my practice, I didn't have a physical location. I'm working on getting a physical location now, but a lot of my patients, um, either want, uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one care, which means like they want me to sit with them and talk with them and, and go over all or a lot of their health problems and get to the root of it, you know, in one visit or it, sometimes it takes a full, you know, few visits. But um, I have found that there is a large population of patients that want you to come to them. So whether it's for, you know, chronic primary care, you know, like recurrent visits or for an acute visit, you know, like say you have an upper respiratory infection or ear infection, like I'm going to go to their home if they live here locally. If they're in California and not local, I'll do like a Zoom, you know, video visit. Um, 
or even, you know, a telephone visit if the patient needs it. And, and I get, you know, healthcare done that way. Um, you know, in my upcoming future, I want to see patients in the clinic, but I would still offer mobile services because there's just so many patients who really desire that. Um, the patients that, um, desire it are also paying cash for it. So I don't take insurance. Um, and I, you know, send them an invoice and they pay me, you know, via credit card or, or they can pay me cash. And, um, so yeah, I, um, I thought at first they're like, there wouldn't be a lot of business, but man, there, there are a lot of patients out there that really want that detailed care and they want you to come to them. And, and I think the COVID pandemic, of course, um, pushed that along where people were not wanting to get out in person. And, and I think that will be probably a part of our, um, you know, normal moving forward where patients just don't want to be around a bunch of other people and waiting in an office. Mm. So, yeah. The but new, it, the it, new normal. The new normal. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, so there, what are some of the services that you offer? Let's talk about, we, we see on TV, celebrities are getting these IVs. <laughs> what yeah. the heck? So, you know, yeah, so, um, depending on what city you live in the country or near what city you live, you could probably find a mobile IV clinic or something like that. Um, like if, for instance, like if you go to Las Vegas, there's, you know, media everywhere about like, Hey, like, you know, call us and we'll come to you in your hotel room. And, um, there's pop-up businesses like that all over the country. Some areas there's, you know, not that many or none. And then some, they're just like, you know, hopping with IVs everywhere. Um, when I lived in Georgia, there was a clinic that I went to. And so I, that kind of helped my idea too, where I was like, Hey, like I could do this. Like I know what I'm doing with IVs. So, um, so yeah, if you, you know, wanted something in your home, you would find somebody like me or, or an organization that has, you know, multiple providers to come out and see you and you would get an IV infusion of saline with vitamins specific to what your needs are. So if you're hungover and you need um, you know, nausea medication and acid reflux medication, pain medication, you can get all that in an IV. Um, if, you know, you want a general IV with B vitamins or uh, vitamin C, and you're trying to, you know, avoid an infection and, and keep your immunity, you know, really well, then you would get, you know, an IV with those kind of vitamins. So there's all kinds of cocktail mixes that can be created um, specific to the patient's needs. And um, yeah, I, I go to the patient and do that in their home. Now, do they have IVs for, because, you know, at this age, some of us are going through surgeries and things of that nature. Do they have IVs that help to push out um, the anesthesia that, that ends up kind of swirling in the body for long periods of time or even for weight loss, which we suffer from um, the, the weight gain in the mid area. And, um, and then our, our, our skin, our skin changes. So, uh -huh. so tell us a little bit about that. Cause I think that those three areas, I, I know I have been affected by. And so talk about those. Yeah. So for post-surgical patients, um, you know, if someone has, whether it's an outpatient surgery or major surgery, and then they're going home a few days later. Um, yes, anesthesia can circulate in our body, um, you know, sometimes for a few days, depending on the type of anesthetic. Um, the best way to get rid of anesthesia is to take deep breaths, breathe it off because it's in our lungs, um, and also pee, so being well hydrated. And so that's where IVs come in. So if somebody had anesthesia and they were really feeling foggy, like they may need another liter or two of fluid after leaving the hospital 
um, with some vitamins to help push that along and, and give our kidneys kind of like a little soft nudge to say, okay, let's peel this out. And so it may take a couple of days. Um, but yes, one or two fluid treatments post-op can help with that. Um, and then for weight loss, like my love is weight loss. Like there, there are IVs specific to, um, fat burning. Um, they do not induce weight loss. So I'm going to be very clear with that, but they can help with fat burning and they're typically, um, high dose vitamins and amino acid complex. So, um, there's different amino acids that can help with fat burning. You can also get them in a subcutaneous or intramuscular injection. So if someone's like, Oh no, I don't love needles. I want to, um, I don't want to get an IV and sit there for an hour to get the infusion. Then if they're can tolerate a little baby needle, then I would put it like in the you know side of their arm or their belly. Um, and they could get it once or twice a week. Um, and, and they can help with fat burning, um, in conjunction with a healthy diet exercise and maybe even medical, uh, weight loss medication, which we can talk about if you're interested. Um, and then what was the last part about hormones? Or, or no, sorry. just, um, your skin. I know that there's oh, ways to elevate your skin and, and things yeah. of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so as women age, um, and I, I won't dabble into the male arena, but um, when women age, we have hormonal changes that affect our hair and our skin. Mm-hmm. Um, whether whether every lab normal you or level level you have is normal, like if your vitamin D is normal, your thyroid is normal. I mean, the list goes on. If everything's quote unquote normal, um, but you're still having you know dull skin, laxity, um, hair loss, hair thinning. Um, you know, you would benefit, of course, from oral vitamins, but some people really want high dose vitamins that we're going to absorb rapidly. And so that would be in an IV or intramuscular injection. Um, and you can take these, you know, a couple or two times a week. Um, I have patients that get IVs from me every single week and maybe they're doing something different every week. Um, but they're always coming back to, um, biotin, which biotin is, um, a B vitamin that we have to have, um, to have healthy hair growth and skin growth. Um, And if we don't have a normal amount of biotin in our body, um, we are going to have those symptoms, hair loss, hair thinning, skin issues, maybe even acne. Um, And biotin is like a whole nother topic. Like we could have a whole nother podcast on biotin, but, um, and and then there's other (laughs) other vitamins and and even just a, a healthy food diet. So, you know, a lot of people, when they come to me, they, their diet is just so not not right for it's what they're trying shit, to achieve. It's just shit, Allie. Just say it. Me, it's just shit. It's shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's shit. Thank you. And and I'm not a nutritionist, but because I love weight management, I always talk to my patients about diet. And and really, the best way to either maintain weight, lose weight, and then if we're talking about hair and skin, is to this is the quick, easy, dirty sentence that I give people is eliminate your sugar, your alcohol, and everything with flour. And people are like, oh, like, oh my God, what do I do? Like, I can't have a glass of wine. Lettuce? And, and I is say, that all that's left? Lettuce? <laughs> Kale? Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm not into restricting, even though I just said that. But if someone wants to achieve a certain thing and they're like, okay, I weigh 200 pounds. I want to be 150 pounds. And that's a normal, healthy goal. And if I'm assessing that that's a normal goal, I'm like, okay, but you eat um, cakes and cookies and pasta and pizza um, and wine and beer and, and all of these things and candies and, and you're snacking all day, every day. Like we got lots of problems. Christina, what? Not even, not even, 
A little attack to a little comment. I'm not gonna lie. I do have a jelly belly problem. I'm not gonna lie. I know they're little pellets of sugar, but I love those things. Okay, so a couple questions around this. Are there things that you could give me, say by IV or injection, that would help me to get off of sugar and flour and all the things. And what would that look like? Yeah. 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 So, tell tell um, me about keep that. Talking, baby, keep talking, baby. Keep talking. You have our attention. <laughs> so in the weight loss arena of medicine, um, if you're prescribing medications, you guys probably remember in the 90s, there was a drug called Fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Um, that drug was taken off the market because of, um, acute cardiovascular collapse. People died. Mm-hmm. That's what that meant. They were skinny, and but they were the dead. Drug, <laughs> they were dead. Yeah. And it was good in that casket. And, and it, it's, it's not. Well, wasn't it also Fentanyl and, like, and Redux? Wasn't there another medication that was with it? So if I'm not mistaken, Redux is a water wasting, uh, medication. Um, and, and like, you mentioned earlier in the podcast about snake oil and like people selling stuff that's going to be like a quick fix or, you know, not really um, going to get to the root of the problem. So like a lot of providers will that do weight loss will prescribe a low dose. Um, it's an actual blood pressure medication or something like Redux where you're wasting water through the kidneys. And so people are like, oh, like I just gained weight because of water weight, which is a thing, but that's not where obesity is like coming yeah, from. Yeah, I don't so, think all this is can, water. I'm just going to complain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but there are providers out there that will prescribe um, with a medication like Fensen. Like, so I was going to say Fensen was taken off the market. It, I don't remember what year it came back on, but it was reformulated in a much lower dose um, of a medication and you can get it as a prescription. I prescribe it to my patients if they meet certain criteria. Um, but there are providers out there that will give that medication along with a medication that wastes water. Um, and I do not recommend that cocktail because patients become very dry and then they're drinking water to replace it and then eating calories to replace it. <laughs> And I'm like, no, no, not a good combo. That's my opinion. Um, Wait, and that's my will clinic. the vagina will the vagina get dry too? I mean, very I mean. possible. <laughs> I had to ask. I just had to ask. <laughs> if you're already perimenopausal, adding in an amphetamine drug like fentanyl or, or what we called fentanyl in the '90s will make you very dry. And and I'm not Ooh. just talking in your mouth. It, all of your um, orifices. <laughs> Gail, we can't, so, we can't have that So you'll be hot, but you can't get it on. So, I mean, everything has a double-edged sword here. But let's, okay. Now, I can recommend some lubricant products. If we uh, we've had that, that show. We've had that show. And, yeah, okay, yeah. so uh, short of these pills and stuff, like with the injections and the IVs, are there things yeah. that you can give us that would help us? Uh, more quickly be able to get off of things like sugar because I'm a sugar girl. Yeah. I'm a bread girl. I, I'm yeah. a hot freaking mess girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us about that. So, so yeah. So um, there are newer weight loss medications on the market, which I prefer to prescribe because they can help with like, if you want to delve into like food addiction where people have, um, you know, addictions to sugar, flour-based foods, even alcohol, there are medications on the market that help with 
um, kind of shifting your mind. And it's some of them come in pills, but my favorite weight loss medications that I see the most sustained weight loss over a long period of time are injections. And the FDA approved medication is called Wagovi. Um, some people see it on TV called Ozempic. Um, and it is a once a week injection. Um, the difference between Wagovi and Ozempic is Ozempic was formulated for type 2 diabetes and is only covered by insurance if you have type 2 diabetes. But the same exact molecule of drug is called semaglutide. It was reformulated into just, and they renamed it Wagovi. And it's the, basically the same drug, same dosages, and you take it once a week. Um, and, and providers like me can prescribe that to patients. Spell that drug. Um, if someone W E G O V Y Wigovi. I need that. So we'll have to so set was, up an appointment. Yeah. The unfortunate thing with <laughs> prescription Wigovi is that when the medication came out less than two years ago, everybody wanted it. And the manufacturer, it's like, you know, this supply and demand issue. They have not made enough to put the demand. So I haven't had many patients successfully get the actual prescription um, brand drug. So they're ordering from Canada or other countries, which they're not FDA regulated. So it can be kind of sketchy. Do not um, encourage this girl. She will be doing no, it from no, the Philippines if she can, if she thinks <laughs> right. she will make her skinny. Russia, Russia. Yeah. Okay. So, so is this but, a drug that should be only be it. used in people who are actually clinically obese or just if you have a little weight to yes. lose? Pay attention, Christina. So I always tell Listen, I, ju- I I need to lose about thirty pounds. That's, That's not obese. Clinically obese. You are not no. obese. Okay, so the, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you when I when I'm seeing a patient, I have to I have to do you know a few different assessments, and this is all like kind of in my head or visually when I'm seeing a patient. I have to know their medical background, their current medications and disease processes, their height, weight to determine their BMI, which is body mass index, and if they have less than 30 pounds to lose, I do not recommend an injection like Wagovi. Not all providers will say that, but that's my recommendation because you lose, you lose, you can lose a quite a bit of weight. Um, I took this medication before I had weight loss surgery and I lost 18 pounds in less than two months. Um, and I'm not saying fast weight loss is the way to go. I actually think the slower the weight loss, the better. Um, but if someone, this is what I tell my patients, if someone has over 30 pounds, you know, the 40, 50 pound mark or more, this kind of medication is for you if you are okay with injections. <laughs> um, can, can maybe think about changing your food and your lifestyle choices. Um, but this medication, the way it works, um, it basically in layman's terms works with your brain to communicate with your stomach to tell you you're fuller faster. Um, it does induce a little bit of constipation, sometimes nausea. Um, but those symptoms kind of wane over time. Um, and the longest, you know, you can be on this basically is from here on out until we have um, more studies telling us that it's not good. But this medication was studied um, since the mid-80s in Japan and other parts of Asia. Wow. So it just recently came to the U.S. market and it's, you know, being sold like hotcakes. So, now those Jap- um, Japanese are not even fat. So what the heck with that? <laughs> well, they, they, don't have to, they don't have to deal with the FDA. Americans are fat. We need there. this here. So yeah. when you stop taking it, do you yeah. gain the weight back? So that's what I was going to say. So I have had patients that have um, 
either completely stopped it or graded down in dose because there's multiple um, drug dosages. Um, and they can basically get to weight maintenance and then wean themselves back down to the lowest dose. And they're still taking the medication, but they are not gaining weight along with it. So they're maintaining it. And in my experience and what I'm seeing, but they, if they completely stop it and they have not changed their lifestyle choices, they will gain weight. So, back, so, so let me ask you, wait, let me ask you this, um, for, for women who suffer with like, um, adrenal fatigue, um, you know, cortisol levels, hormones, things of that nature, would this still be a, because that's, that's what we deal with in midlife. Would this still be, a a viable source that we should, we should consider? Um, yes, but I would recommend seeing a provider that is also going to be very closely looking at hormones. Um, and there's, you know, a bunch of different labs to look at. If somebody is struggling with, um, you know, like abdominal obesity, um, or they are starting to gain weight in midlife, I would recommend, yes, trying this medication if you want to, but also saying, Hey, do we need to, add in some testosterone, add in some estrogen, you know, there's a, like a cocktail for the patient that's specific, you know, if, if a provider is giving the same pill of, of hormones to every patient, that's not the right provider. You need to see somebody that is going to look at your lab levels um, and say, okay, we're trying to combat obesity here. Yes, we're using a really strong drug in Wagovi, but we are also going to tweak your hormones to bring you down to a normal level where you can start to lose the weight naturally because our hormones can play a huge role in holding on to fat um, because insulin is a fat storage hormone. Mm -hmm. and if we're making insulin naturally, then as we age, our insulin will rise. That's just a normal part of life. Um, and then our diet can play a better or worse role actually and making insulin go up. And that's a whole nother topic too. So um, you know, we have to have a provider that is looking at both, like the labs for our hormones and also what you want to achieve with your weight loss. It's mm. kind of like, you know, that's kind of like a do a dual therapy. I don't have a lot of patients that want to do that because people want to lose weight like today. And mm. I have to tell them, listen, like it's going to take you some time to lose weight. Yeah. Well, these injections are, we would have to see a medical provider every week or does that provider teach us to no, give us our no. own injections? The latter. So, um, you know, I don't have time to see all my weight loss patients for an injection and everyone's on a different schedule. So the, the, the needle is actually one of the smallest needles on the market. It's very short and the gauge is very, very small. So, um, even my most needle sensitive patients are like, Oh, that was nothing. That was easy. And they just choose a day, take it. And then they put it in their calendar to do it every week. Um, you know, if someone was opposed to needles, even this little baby needle, I would say this medication's not for you. So we do it ourselves. We inject ourselves. You do, you, you do it yourself. I have had patients where they're like, okay, you know, will you please give it to me the first time so I know what to expect? I'm like, yes, I take it out of the fridge because it's refrigerated and I give it to them. And then I'm like, okay, you got to do this every week. And if they don't do it, then they're not going to get the medication. So if I'm understanding oh my gosh, you Gail. correctly, Christina's like, I don't know about that. I, I see what's going to happen. I'm so excited. She's going to be calling me saying, I don't know if I can do it or not. But okay, with a medication like this, you you mentioned, uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, you, there can be some weight loss without lifestyle change on a medication like this? Um, so I, I do. <laughs> Hold on, Gail. I do. Yeah. You, so you I stop did, it. I, well, I'm not. That's I not my plan, taste, but I just want to make sure I understand what this medication is doing. Right. So 
So again, and I'm going to explain it again in layman's terms, where this medication, when you inject it, you take it, it gets up to a normal level in your bloodstream. Your brain is communicating with your gut to make you feel fuller faster. So that's like, you know, the, the easiest way to explain it. But clinically, it's actually lowering your blood glucose to make your insulin come down to a level where you don't feel hungry. Um, and that's just another easy layman's way to explain it. But if you are eating like crap, you will not lose weight. <laughs> um, so if I understand like, oh, this yeah, is going to take that edge off of wanting to eat a lot and eat like crap. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I will be very honest. There are patients that will tell me exactly what they eat and what they're not willing to do, but they want to take the medication and they want to spend the money on it because it's not cheap. Um, they are like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But there are most of my patients who want to make, you know, really serious lifestyle changes and they're working with a nutritionist, which I highly recommend. Um, they're taking the medication. They're also working with a provider to get their hormones controlled because they want the most optimal weight loss. Like I don't want just good for my patients. I want optimal. So, and I tell my patients that like, listen, like if you are 200 pounds and you want to be 150 and you want 150 to last, you need to make these changes. Mm -hmm. You need to see all these specialists to, to get there because obviously for the last 20, 30, 40 years, you're not doing it on your own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I just, yeah. I just messaged my naturopath to ask her if I can take, if I can take Wagovi with my hormones because <laughs> that's my next. Here we go. We're off to the race. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try Christina, it. You're I'll you're try beautiful, it. just like you are. Oh, you're so sweet. I, I do have some weight to lose, though. So I'll try it first, Gail, and I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> Help us all. Okay, so these bags, these infusions, these IV infusions, it sounds like they're on a PRN basis, an as-needed basis, as-desired basis for things like energy, yeah. help us get over illness. Like, So would this be applicable to, say, someone who's getting over COVID or the flu and they're just, mm -hmm. I am so slow to get over things. I drag ass yes. for the next few weeks. Yes. Or even a gastrointestinal yes, so, illness. So these kind of things can just help yes. us to feel better and move that process along faster. Yeah. So the one thing that happens with, with COVID or upper respiratory infections um, or even gastrointestinal infections, we're, we get depleted because we're, we're sweating. We're, you know, getting rid of electrolytes via our sweat. We're probably vomiting or having diarrhea or both. And none of those things are fun. Um, and even if we're eating the best diet, drinking all the water with electrolytes, sometimes we're not hydrated because our mucous membranes in our gut and our mouth um, have just wasted all this fluid. And so a quick, easy way to do that is definitely have an IV infusion with, you know, really good quality B vitamins, vitamin C, um, because we get rid of all of those vitamins and electrolytes when we are, you know, vomiting and having diarrhea and sweating. So um, like I, a lot of my patients are um, like serious cyclers, like, you know, bike cyclists mm -hmm. um, or have, you know, really crazy heavy workouts, like with HIIT exercises or aerobics and, and they do this to maintain. And so they don't feel crappy at their next exercise. Gotcha. And I know some of our listeners are probably yeah. saying, well, if this is good for you, why is my doctor not recommending it? We're going to go back to this insurance thing. And you have to realize insurance pays for procedures and medications and treatments that are medically necessary, necessary. not treatments yes. that make you comfortable. And so if insurance is not right. paying for it, 
insurance doesn't tell doctors what to do, but it does tell doctors what to do because yeah. doctors must get paid and they know that most mm-hmm. likely you're not going to want to pay for things that are not covered by insurance. And then if it's not covered by insurance, people get angry with the physician and it's kind of a whole mess. Mm-hmm. But we have to kind of look at yeah. Western medicine is this is medically needy and we can look at these others as comfort measures as, you know, making us feel better increase just well-being and so mm-hmm. i'm kind of starting to see because i kind of i just i thought this was hoo-ha when christina first mentioned it i'm like oh dear lord i've seen that on the housewives of whatever when they're being lazy and they need to get over their lifestyle but it sounds like there's some real things that can be gained here what about you mentioned vitamin d are you seeing any improvement in people's mental health who have gone on vitamin D mm. infusions? Yeah, so um, you cannot inject uh, vitamin D in the vein. It's, it's an intramuscular injection or, of course, like a capsule or tablet. Um, when I started as a nurse practitioner, I was dumbfounded at the amount of people who have critically low vitamin D. And they have all of these physical ailments um, and, and mental health changes where they're like, oh, you know, doc, I'm so depressed. And I'm like, well, we don't have to put you on an antidepressant. Like, let's check your labs first. And when people get even an oral supplementation of vitamin D, their mood changes big time in a positive way. Um, of course, like there's other things that vitamin D does. Um, you know, you have to have vitamin D for healthy uh, bone growth and people can get fractures really easy, especially as women age, like, you know, our bone porosity or how porous the bone is. Um, you know, thins over time. And so, you know, you probably know your mom or your grandma taking like vitamin D and calcium together because vitamin D and calcium together can help uh, prevent, you know, fractures down the road. There's also prescription medication for that. But, um, but yes, vitamin D improves our mood and our mentation. Um, and if we are chronically deficient or low or, or what I see a lot, I would say over 60% of patients that I, I treat are, are critically deficient in uh, vitamin D. But when that is replaced, so much changes and they don't need prescriptions, um, antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication. Um, they, they feel fine with just vitamin D. So uh, I inject it in, in, um, in the arm, but I also prescribe it to patients in high dose. See, Gail, this is, this is why I have been feeling better. And Jenny from the block just doesn't come out anymore. It's because I, <laughs> I did ask been... her today, who are you and what have you done with Christina? Because she was being very calm and reasonable. And, and I'm like, this is not, are you okay? Are you all right? Because <laughs> um, it was a situation that she should have been a little more aggressive. I'm like, why am I telling Christina to get aggressive about something? It's normally down, girl, down. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking, too, about, you know, we think about these things like vitamin D It is then there's all these questions about the best way to absorb things, the best things to take it. Are mm-hmm. are the infusions a better way than what we're doing going over to the health food store or whatever? So, um, you know, there there's some vitamins out there that, you know, the best form is, you know, a little bit more expensive than what you're buying at Walmart or, or Walgreens or something. Um you know, I personally have not compared a lot of different vitamin D supplements head to head um, as far as like what's better and what's better absorbed, because what I find is there are patients out there, even if they haven't had any kind of uh, gastric surgeries, is there are 
There's a population of people that are poor absorbers of vitamin D, D as in dog. So, um, you know, you can take high dose vitamin D every single day in a capsule and your vitamin D levels are still in the toilet. So, and for those people, it's kind of like, uh, you know, trial and error issue. Like we're taking supplements, we're getting lab tests, we're taking supplements, we're getting lab tests. But what I see is when someone is getting an injection of it, um, their vitamin counts are much higher and they're not burdened with an extra pill every day. So they're getting an injection once a week or once every couple of weeks. And they only have to see me that one time. And, you know, that shot cost is very low, you know, less than $20 per injection. So for a month, you know, you're spending less than $100 where a supplement, you may be spending 20 to $50 on a bottle of pills. So, um, you know, for me personally, I'll share, I had gastric sleeve surgery in 2021. And I was already a poor absorber of vitamin D. And after I had that surgery, I'm a really poor absorber. So, um, you know, to get to an optimal level, I have to give myself shots. And that's what I know about me personally. But I also have patients that come to me for weight management and they know that about themselves or they have had gastric surgery and they're not absorbing it. So we give injections. So that's that's what I recommend, injections over capsules. But if, you know, you don't have any gastric restructuring from surgery, normally most people, I would say over 80 percent, you know, are absorbing oral supplementation just fine. Cool. Okay. so my one last question is. As we go through menopause, the change, the upgrade, depending on who you're talking to here. And uh-huh. yes, there's going to be, you talked about some deficiencies and some things, but let's talk about not being deficient, but just wanting to feel better. So are there infusions uh-huh. and IVs and things we can do that just give us a little pick me up? Yes. So um, typically they are going to be a little bit pricier. Um, and when I say pricier, I mean, and in the multiple hundreds of dollars, you know, like two to $600 per infusion. Um, there are like a whole mess of peptides out there that are, and a peptide is as a protein that's chained together. And these peptides, some of them, we make them in our body, but as we age, we get, we rapidly deplete, especially through the menopause process. So um, to get an infusion and an IV would be recommended at least once a month um, for better energy production. Yes, B vitamins are going to help with that. D is going to help with that. Um, but there are certain peptides that can help give you like that pick-me-up, like you said. And like a lot of my patients that are getting these peptide chain um, infusions, um, they are a very high achieving female in their career and or uh, personal life as far as like vigorous exercise and they can't afford to have no energy so they do it to maintain and to feel well um and and of course it's going to cost money to do that well would that be an appropriate use say if you had a special event or a trip coming up like yes i really want to go to italy Mm -hmm. but then sometimes i think okay not in the best shape for walking the streets of you know, Rome. Yeah. Um, would it be appropriate to get that type of infusion prior to say your kid's wedding or a big trip? Yeah. Yeah. So for people who, especially if they're going overseas and they they know that they get jet lags pretty easily, um, doing it literally the day before they leave would be helpful or a couple of days before an event, like, like you said, a wedding or, you know, maybe a big party where they're going to drink alcohol or maybe eat a little too much. Um, you know, staying well hydrated is the probably number one issue that I see with patients where they come to me and they feel like garbage and maybe even vitamins are normal, maybe not optimal, um, but they're dehydrated. So, um, 
you know, I think other people have said in probably many different podcasts over time where if you're not drinking at least half your body weight in ounces of water daily, like you are going to feel sluggish. So, you know, whether you are drinking electrolyte water or getting it, the electrolytes in an IV, like, you know, you, you may not be getting what you need for your body weight and type. So, um, if, and if we're drinking plain water, like, and it has no electrolytes, we could drink a hundred ounces of water a day and still feel shitty. So are there um, electrolytes? Electrolyte zero. <laughs> no. Maybe like one. <laughs> I get plenty of Coke Zero. That's your, about it. Yeah, but but getting your electrolytes with an IV infusion, you know, will make you feel better pretty much right away. You know, people say, Oh, well, how long does it last? How long does it take effect? Like you're gonna feel it by the time you get your IV out and you're you know, later that day you're gonna be like, Oh, like, that's you what know, got I Christina was the right away. Well, well, what would what, it be like, um, like Pedialyte or Gatorade? Don't water. they have high? Oh, I don't yeah, know. So, so the downside to the regular Pedialyte and the regular Gatorade is they're very concentrated in glucose or sugar. And so I do not recommend that for general people unless they are vomiting or having diarrhea and they're very, very sick. Um, but if you're not sick and you're not wasting electrolytes, a sugar-free version, like a sugar-free Powerade, sugar-free Gatorade, even their sugar-free Pedialyte, and you don't want to get an IV or don't know how or where to get it, um, then those sugar-free options are much better. Or even just like the vitamin water that has no sugar. My in. husband so, loves um, that. That was... He was having yeah. some night top and leg cramps and that helps him. But I've also heard that there's things in Gatorade that you really don't need to consume if you are not right. exercising at a high level. That's not good for you. Right. And I honestly don't recommend Gatorade unless someone is just crazy. I call it a crazy worker out or, you know, like working out like crazy and really burning a lot of calories. Um, because a lot of those drinks have dyes and those dyes can actually make our vitamin counts lower and also cause a lot of anxiety. So, um, especially for younger people, like, you know, um, you know, teenagers, young 20 year olds, um, they can induce um, a lot of anxiety, you know, very rapidly. And people are like, what's freaking wrong with you? You know, Um, but I I just don't recommend anything with dyes. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Wow. We're learning. We're learning so much, Gail. (laughs) And basically, the the reason for it is because they have cheap versions of these electrolytes and um, unmethylated vitamins in these Uh, drinks. And and when it's not methylated, a lot of people get a lot of anxiety really rapidly after drinking. Is the vitamin water, whatever that word, methylated, is it okay? (laughs) Methylated. Um, I would have to look at the list. Um, I, I don't personally know off the top of my head. Um, the, the electrolyte water that I would recommend, you literally can buy it, you know, from Walmart or Costco or wherever you go shopping. It's water with like magnesium, um, uh, sodium, you know, there's no sugar or additives or colors. It's just water. And if someone wants it to taste better, they can add lime or lemon. Um, and, and you know, no other sugar because okay. most people, most people do not need extra glucose in their day. They're getting it from her oh, food. I'm Listen, food. Gail, Gail, Gail loves her Coke Zero. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, what was the name yeah. of the product? Did you did you mean literally just water out of a, ga- a jar? Was there a product? <laughs> no, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna tell you. Hold on a second. Um. I actually just bought some yesterday. Electrolyte water. Give me just a second. This is so funny. 
I, I love that we're learning about all this because I had Christina's no list. About- I, I see her every time you say something oh. new she can get. She's writing it down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'll I totally am. That. I, I totally am. That's so funny because I'm like, oh, I just told my husband when he was leaving. I said, I'm getting this. He's like, oh, so you're, you're going to get some snake oil. Oh, my God. So really, the, the the best regular water to drink, it's usually purified. It's got an alkalinity to it. So like uh, greater than eight um, on the alkaline scale, you'll probably see it. You know, the smart waters that say like pH balance. Um, and they literally just have a few ingredients. It's usually like sodium, magnesium, and some calcium sometimes. And if they have those few things, that's all you need. Um, so if you're just drinking regular bottled water that's not has no electrolytes in it, like I said, you could drink, you know, 100 plus ounces of that water a day and you're just peeing and your pee is clear and you're not absorbing any of the electrolytes. So if, if you're wasting electrolytes through exercise or vomiting, diarrhea, whatever, um, or you're feeling a little sluggish, electrolyte water really is your is your best bet. Um, the alternative to buying expensive bottled water is to get Himalayan salt and just do like a couple cracks into water every day just one one cup a day and and usually that'll give you enough magnesium and calcium um you know just in basically eight ounces and so because some people are like i don't want to spend three or four dollars a bottle and and i understand that and so himalayan salt is the easiest way to do it and it doesn't have to take salty just put a oh me too yeah i literally keep it with me in like a baggie in my purse sometimes like you know because a lot of yeah, a lot, a lot of restaurants don't carry it. So they have iodized table salt, but that's not going to give you all of those electrolytes. So that's an that's an alternative if people want to do that. Okay, so oh my what gosh, was I'm the so water excited. product that we should, <laughs> that you like? What, what is, was what, the what, water what, product that you like? Oh, um, I'm a Costco girl. And the one I literally bought yesterday, it's just called uh, Perfect Hydration. And whatever brand they have that is an alkaline water, also, the brand Smart Water, you can basically get in any, you know, gas station or grocery store. Um, and then if someone's really sick and they can't afford or don't have time or don't know where to get an IV, the brand Liquid IV is what, what I would recommend. And you can buy it basically anywhere. You can even door dash it and mix it in eight ounces of water and drink it. This product does have glucose, but if you're very sick or needing hydration, this would be the quickest way to multiply your electrolyte i'm laughing because um, my go-to separate. is normally ginger ale <laughs> yeah and that's got a lot of sugar in it a lot a lot of sugar so oh um, dear me i'm on the yeah. complete long track when i'm trying to heal gosh no. Allie, you have given us so much great information you've convinced oh me gosh, that this is not snake oil that they're these have real uses nope. that are helping people live better so i'm going to be open-minded and i know our listeners are too cool. and christina what are you getting first i know you've got a list over oh, there i do i have a list i i i'm gonna just make a make a call to uh Allie and we're gonna get my skin and my weight if loss. If you take biotin, gonna... you are going to be Rapunzel. Can we just go there? She's got a ton of hair, girl. <laughs> okay, one quick question. Yeah. Let me ask you this about biotin. Does it just make the hair you have grow longer or will it grow thicker new hair? Uh, I personally have never seen anyone get thicker hair, but I, I've only been in practice for less than 20 years. I, I'm not sure about that, but um, it definitely helps 
hair growth and skin growth or cellular regeneration or turnover. To see, my hair growing faster just means I have to color it more often, get my nails done more often, or do them myself more often. So that's my my drawback to biotin. So keep that in mind, Christina. (laughs) You're already. I I definitely will. Well, Ali, I want to have them, you know, be able to find you. So where can they find you? What's your business? Um, You know, yeah. Especially California peeps. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So anyone in California, um, you can text or call me at 916-633-2030. Or you can visit me online at wellbyamnursing.com or on Instagram at Ali, A-L-Y-V. Johnston uh, on, on Instagram. I just found awesome. you on Instagram. Awesome. You better yeah. follow me back. I will. <laughs> she she loves our show. Well, thank so. you so. Yeah. Oh, I listen to you guys every week. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. You knew yeah. what you were yeah. getting into when you came here today. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to say you've taken yeah. it quite well. Yeah. Well, we appreciate yeah. you, yeah. Allie and Christina. Time to wrap it up. What do we say till next time? Until next time, go and get your moxie on. Bye now. Bye. Bye.